There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. welcome you intrepid listeners to the food and psych podcast where i'll be bringing you all things food and psychology so that's food psychology the psychology of food and the effects of food and nutrients on the brain as well as much much more my hope is to stem the tide of the notion that food is just fuel or something that you just take a picture of and then throw away which is happening much more than you would imagine as a psychologist i'm utterly convinced that food is much more than that to us We all have a personal relationship with food that started long before we even knew or understood what it was. Families have their own food traditions and habits and food has a deep meaning on a cultural and religious level too. So I am on a mission to help us to connect or stay connected to the deeper meanings and symbolism of food through conversations with people that I know and people that I haven't met yet. I also hope that through the medium of food and its deliciousness that I And the listeners of the podcast will have the opportunity to learn more about other people, cultures and faiths and what food means to them and the place of food in their daily lives and rituals. On that note, allow me to introduce you to Shavuot, which you might come to know as the Jewish festival of cheesecake. It's not quite that, but you'll understand. My knowledge of Shavuot began a couple of years ago. After my series of the Bake Off, which for any Americans listening is the great British baking show, um, after my series aired, I was asked by Robertson, which is a wife of a rabbi, to come and judge the Bake Off for their synagogue, which of course I was very, very happy to do. And it was coming up at that point to the Festival of Shavuot, and there was a brief discussion of the traditions, which includes a focus on dairy foods, which as a baker and an eater, I, I found absolutely fascinating. And a couple of weeks ago, I was flicking through my diary and I saw that Shavuot was coming up at the end of May. And because I clearly have very limited impulse control, I decided to put a shout out on Twitter to anyone who would be willing to teach me or tell me more about it. So first of all, can I just say thank you very, very much to everyone who responded with recommendations and information. It was so helpful and I'm perpetually astounded and grateful for the generosity of strangers. So thank you so much. And it led me to the pleasure of spending a couple of hours in the kitchen of Victoria Priva. Victoria is the food editor of the Jewish Chronicle or the JC as it's more commonly known. The JC is the UK's number one Jewish newspaper with a circulation of around 22,000. And it's the oldest continuously published Jewish newspaper in the world. 
Victoria began her career as a solicitor for eight years before going to Leeds Cookery School and training as a chef. After working at the Hammond High newspaper covering restaurant and food reviews, she started at the JC about six years ago. Victoria was kind enough to invite me into her kitchen where she was filming a recipe tutorial video for the JC to talk to me about all things cheesecake, shavuot and good deeds. So I guess the first question is for people listening, people who aren't as familiar, is what is Shavuot? And I suppose I need to check that I'm pronouncing that properly as well. So is it uh, Shavuot? No, it is Shavuot. But um, older school people, once upon a time, would have pronounced it Shavuos. I can't even remember why this is, but um, like my grandmother would have said Shavuos and people who um, have been around for a while, (laughs) at some point the S changed to a T, I think the letters are the same. So now my kids at school would say Shavuot and I say Shavuot, that's what I was taught. So the short answer is Shavuot is fine. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And Shavuot is a festival that happens around May, June every year in our calendar um, and what is what's the difference between? Well, there is the Jewish calendar follows the sun or the moon. I can't remember which one that is. So it will move within the year. So our festivals move a certain amount of way, but they tend to be around the same time of year. So Hanukkah is always around Christmas time, so mm-hmm. December time. Pesach will be April time. And actually, they they followed the seasons to some extent, so mm-hmm. that um, a lot of the festivals were harvest festivals too, or they they coincided with something going on in the the natural world mm-hmm. so Pesach is, is a springtime festival and Shavuot was a was a harvest festival at one point so um, they would have made offerings at the temple but religiously it's a festival that celebrates the giving of the Torah when Moses went up Mount Sinai and came down with with the Ten Commandments and the, the Torah the rules by which we all live by the holy book of Judaism absolutely I'm not sure what the rules were before then, but <laughs> after that, because yeah, that was the isn't it? Because there was already a history of making this kind of time special. Yes, in re- in relation to, uh, I guess, the food and the seasons mm. and what was happening, and then actually on top of that came this incredibly important. I mean, I don't know yes, if there is yes, a more yes. important, yeah, very time. important religious festival. So that's what it's about, and then um, people celebrate it in different ways. But the most common way is for people to eat dairy. And so I know that food, as it is with lots of different groups, different cultures, is extremely um, important in mm. in Jewish culture. Yeah. And so you said now that Shavuot is traditionally or has become traditionally associated with dairy foods. Mm. Um, can you say a little bit more about that? Why that is? Why dairy and, and not any other foods? And what are okay. the rules? Um, not everyone will follow the dairy thing, but it is quite common. And I, I had a look into this because Shavuot's slightly different from the other festivals in that you don't have to eat a certain way. There are some festivals where we have to actually eat certain foods. So Pesach, we have to give up anything um, that's been leavened um, and all sorts of grains. Um, but this one, it's it's a choice. And when I looked into it, there are a few different reasons for why we eat dairy at Shavuot. Mm. But one of them was that... Um, before Shavuot, we hadn't had the, the um, Torah and we hadn't been given our set of dietary rules mm-hmm. and anything went. Uh, after that, we were ordered to, or the, you know, the, the Torah says that you must not uh, eat milk and meat together. You okay. have to separate them. And I'll, um, I'll explain. Oh, oh, no, go ahead. I'll explain what that's all about. You're, you're not meant to cook the calf in the milk that its mother made. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the, the biblical line. Um, but essentially, the, 
the dietary rules are that they may not be eaten in the same meal. There are other things too. These are the rules of kashua, kosher. Um, you can't eat shellfish. Anything you eat from the sea has to have fins and scales. So shellfish don't work there. Mm-hmm. Neither do um, flatfish. Um, they okay, they so don't like work either. Rays and yes. uh, sole and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the common sense behind that was that um, they were the more dangerous seafoods to mm. eat. So shellfish definitely are much more dangerous and the bottom feeders feed on all the rubbish on the bottom of the sea. So that was why probably those rules were made. Mm. And, um, and I and heard... Pork, so, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe you're going into that now. Yeah. That, um, that the pork rule, or the, um, the moratorium on pork, yes. I suppose, was related to when um, we were talking about itinerant tribes, that actually pork was dangerous as well because yeah, well, of... Worms. Worms, I yeah. Think, because yeah. it was a meat that could carry worms. So the rules are that you can't eat meat unless the animal has a cloven hoof which rules the pig out Mm -hmm. and and i think that was again from a common sense point of view Mm. that that worms were a possibility if you're eating pork yeah so they're they're the main rules of of kosher you don't actually some people don't cook fish with meat either they can't be in the same dish so you wouldn't use anchovy essence in your beef stew for instance or lamb stew okay um so the back to shavuot Mm. The rules were given on on Shabbat, which is the holy day, and on the holy day you're prohibited from working. Um, You couldn't slaughter a cow in the right way. There are also specific rules on how you can slaughter um, animals. Shechita, which is meant to be the most humane, painless way possible. Um, You couldn't actually kill kill a cow on that day, and you couldn't do the work involved in koshering everything and making sure that things that had been touching dairy... Mm -hmm. Um, were cleaned or touching meat so that, that um, they don't cross over and religious Jews will have two sets of crockery two sets of cutlery two sinks probably mm-hmm. so that the two don't meet so there's They'll absolutely com- no chance of the contamination or the crossing absolutely. over absolutely so you have a completely different set and you have to leave a certain number of hours in between eating one or the other before you can eat mm-hmm. the other do you think or do you know or what's your kind of um, hypothesis about whether the meat and milk is, again, a safety thing or a respect thing? Because the idea about not bathing the calf in, in its mother's mm. milk is, is actually quite um, emotive, yeah. isn't it? And I it suppose is. that it, it could be just a kind of compassionate... It could be. Do you know what? Idea. I don't really know. I haven't mm. talked about that, but it, it sounds like that. Because I can't think of a food safety view, perhaps mm. creamy things on meat could possibly spoil more mm. i don't know mm. i don't really know if you had buttery sauces but it does sound more like a like a more spiritual compassionate mm. rule rather than than a set, common sense one like the others seem to have been you said that there might be other reasons or justifications or explanations yes. for dairy foods at shovel what was yeah. the other one well there, there were a few that i read about but the other main one i read was that um when it was a harvest festival the the custom was to take two loaves of bread to the temple as an offering. Um, I think it must have been a wheat harvest to the temple. Okay. Um, so you were offering that as your thanks for the for the harvest. Um, and because of that, the, the, the Shavuot, you eat two meals, a dairy meal and a meat meal later on. Okay. So that would be... So it's um, kind of re- a symbolic of the... Of the, the original temple offering, yes. Yes, which is quite nice. Some people, as I said, when I spoke to different people around the around the office, the Jewish Chronicle, um, 
some people my, said, oh, my father doesn't do it. He just has a, a barbecue that day because it's very, Jews love to eat meat. So every <laughs> hug, every festival, very often they'll want to eat meat at um, Shabbat, which is our, our holy day on the, the Friday night. They'll eat a meat meal. Mm-hmm. They're, they're way more likely to eat meat than milk. So on that day, it is quite likely they might eat dairy food and then later mm. on that day have a barbecue, which is... It's not the greatest here in the UK, <laughs> but in a warmer country like Israel or something, everyone's out barbecuing on, on every holiday. So mm-hmm. um, that's why they'd want to eat the two meals, I guess. Yeah, and that's, so that's something quite specific or special about Shavuot then is the prominence of dairy then as opposed to yes. meat or some yes. other foods and um, other festivals. Yeah, most other festivals it would be very much meat-centric. Um, possibly fish. There are some where, because you're not allowed to cook on Shabbat, you're not allowed to do any work at all, um, and that will involve um, heating things up. You can leave a hot plate on like from the night before, but you're or leave something cooking very slowly if you're not turning the oven on mm-hmm. um, from the night before. But you're not actually meant to. And I'm talking about the very religious people mm-hmm. here. Not not mm-hmm. all Jews will follow all the rules, sure. but you're not meant to cook. So you might have foods that you've cooked the day before, like a cold fried fish or something. So, but generally meat is a big favorite at festivals. So this does make it a bit different. Mm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And how long does the festival last? Uh, it's a two-day festival. So it would start um, at sundown on this year on the 30th of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it continues to the 31st of May and the 1st of June. And it will go out on the evening of the 1st of June. All Jewish holidays and Jewish days start at sundown the day before. Do you know why that is? Or is there... I don't, actually. Okay. I just know that that's the rule, but I don't know why that would have been, mm. actually. I know Shabbat doesn't come in until you see the first star in the sky. Again, there's something quite um, almost romantic about that, waiting to the first star in the sky. It's just a, a lovely image, isn't it? And... Absolutely, absolutely. So are there exceptions to kosher or keeping kosher? Uh, not generally, but keeping kosher is, is classed as a mitzvah, as a, a good deed. Um, okay. And there are various mitzvahs that, that you can do. 
if you were to go to someone's house, a non-Jewish person, they didn't know that you couldn't eat some of the foods. If you were served pork, for instance, or shellfish, then it would be um, a mitzvah to actually um, eat the food without complaining. Um, it would be it would be considered too rude to and too upsetting for your host for you to tell them. So it's it's better that you eat the non-kosher food and you don't say anything than it is to keep kosher. So there's a kind of hierarchy yes. of good deeds. Yes, yes. So it's more important to treat someone kindly than it is to keep kosher in that situation. I didn't know that. That's a really lovely thing to mm. hear, that actually that's so. embedded into the culture and yes. an expectation of kind of kindness or generosity and being grateful for someone having cooked for you, invited you into their Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Through friends and um, people that I know and kind of just a general awareness, I know that of the dairy foods that yes. might be celebrated at this time of year, or, or of the dairy foods within Jewish culture, mm-hmm. if maybe that's right, maybe you can correct me. Um, cheesecake is very important. And so does it take a special place in Shavuot as well? Yeah, I would say that it is probably the most popular Shavuot food. No no great surprise. It's so delicious. <laughs> Why would you not eat cheesecake if you could and if you were, felt that you were being ordered to by your religion to eat cheesecake? It's like a Hanukkah when you're meant to eat fried foods like donuts and latkes. Oh. It's amazing. Now that's what you're meant to do. So cheesecake has become sort of the top favourite thing to eat. People do different variations. But I've done recipes for the paper with cheesecake ice cream or... Mm. Um, we're doing savoury yoghurt things this year. So there's all sorts of, of things you can do. Um, but yeah, cheesecake is the top favourite. And so. is it more traditional to do an, a baked one or an unbaked one or does it not really matter? I would say traditional sort of New York heavy Jewish cheesecake is a baked one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do both. There was, a, I, I don't know if you said there's a perception of, of a, uh, an instant one or sort of a no-bake one being mm. not quite so cheesecakey. But I think traditional Jewish cheesecake is baked. Mm. Um, I personally like it when you bake in a water bath because it gives that nicer texture. Mm. And I don't necessarily think that the, the New York one would be. It's quite heavy. It is a, a dense beast, isn't it? <laughs> it is, definitely. But also the no-bake ones tend to be quite dense because they are just set cream really basically so a mascarpone or ricotta or something excuse my tap (laughs) Um, yeah so so there's all sorts of ones but I would say the baked probably with raisins in would be Mm. the one you'd think of with a slight sort of zest of lemon in there but not heavily lemony but with that sourness they're a lovely lovely sour cream yes sour cream on the topping probably as well like a layer of sour cream which probably hid any cracking any cracks well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that because I think that happens a lot with cooking and baking mm. that that we find ways to cover things that aren't quite perfect but yes. also become delicious or, or yeah, perfectly yeah. acceptable as Absolutely. well and that's, that's great and there is this beautiful tradition of baking in in Jewish culture and I mean on my bake off in my series I did a challah with um with zatar and spices mm. and lots of delicious things and so um and there's just a lovely warmth that comes from it and certainly being in your kitchen here today and thank, thank you for you. inviting me um there is that lovely sense of of warmth thank you very much um and we are chaos actually and <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are uh, well, I'm here watching you make a cheesecake. What yes. kind of cheesecake are you making today? No, I, oh, I drove myself crazy with this. I, could, I wanted to do something special because it's for the Jewish Chronicles website. We're, make, we're making a, a video of a, of a cheesecake. It needed to be fast. Uh, it needed to be flavoursome. So I started off doing one with lotus biscuits, um, which I changed my mind. It was delicious. I used some salt in it. So it's like a salted mm-hmm. caramel thing going mm-hmm. on with lotus biscuits on the bottom and the cookie butter spread in the filling. 
it's very rich um, and then I decided that I wanted some citrus in there mm. I, I like lemon but I went with lime mm. and I then it's a bit of a spin on a key lime pie which is never a bad thing <laughs> and then in the base we've got ginger nuts and then I did a layer I painted a layer of chocolate on the base rather oh. than anything more than that so you've got that hit of chocolate oh, and then in the the actual cheesecake layer there's lime juice mm. condensed milk um, bit of cream cheese and a bit of double cream. Delicious. Uh, and some salt. Okay. I, I like salt with everything, but I just think with the lime, the salt, it's it a, does, no, a margarita. Absolutely. Margarita, the, tequila. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely flavour in up. there. Um, so it's a key lime, ginger, bit of chocolate cheesecake. And it's it's different, but it's got a bruising. No, and it sounds it. like, and, and the salt will kind of round all of those flavours out, won't it? And then yes. that'll be, that sounds absolutely delicious. Yes. And it's a no-bake, so it's, easy for people to do and I thought easier to film actually it's much easier to do that than mm. wobbling it to the oven bring it back and it's just occurred to me so on uh, on the kind of days of the festival would do people just kind of would you kind of put it down in the middle of the table is there a, a kind of rhythm to it or I think people do things differently mm-hmm. so they'll celebrate in different ways I was talking to a lady who runs a kosher supermarket in Golders Green she's French um, I spoke, was interviewing her about her cheese. She's got a lovely range of kosher cheeses, which is not common. Mm. Um, she has a big buffet and she does all sorts of things goat's cheese salads, like with, with the croots with the melted goat's mm. cheese on. She does lasagnas. She does a whole spread of all sorts of sweet and savoury cheese dishes um, and serves them up. People come round for a party. Lovely. Um, you might just serve a cheesecake. I'll probably give the children some cheesecake that day. We won't do a big party because mm-hmm. that's, that's not really what we do. So, it okay. just varies, I think, how religious you are and how you like to celebrate. Some people might have some cheesecake earlier and then go to a barbecue later. Mm-hmm. It's all different. It's nice to know when things can be kind of personalised and really made to link into the not just the traditions of, of the faith, but also the traditions of the family. And Definitely. that you can really make it about you and your family in the way that you do it. And it is, it's very personal. If you ask 10 Jewish people how they celebrate something, they'll all be different. There's a lot of um, core themes that go through, but it is very personal. I think, I think for, for me and many Jews, being Jewish is, is so much more than the spiritual side of it, or the, the um, you know, like being in synagogue. So much of it is about the food, sitting down together to eat meals together. Um, there are certain things that all Jewish people will do. We'll always have apple and honey at Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year for a sweet new year. We all stop um, eating leavened foods at Pesach. Mm-hmm. Um, chicken soup, challah, they're all, every Friday night we'll have our, our challah. Mm-hmm. Um, my children would go crazy if we didn't have it. <laughs> but the, the, the food customs are so important. And Jewish mm. people are always talking about food and a recipe for this and a recipe for that. So it's, it, it, it's so important. I know it probably is to many cultures, mm. but it feels like a, like a big thing for us. And at the Jewish Chronicle, doing it every day and speaking to people and... Um, um, printing recipes and stuff I, it, it fills my world and I, it fills a lot of the of the worlds of the people around me mm. and, and that's really lovely to hear because one of the things that I want to do with the podcast is really bring back or rebridge those gaps between the idea of, of food just as a functional commodity where we're just taking pictures and and then really discarding it or we're just yes. consuming it by the In eye age. exactly and and food <laughs> Food has a very meaningful, symbolic, important 
item that we have a relationship with and whether that's a personal relationship with how we feed ourselves or whether it's a familial relationship there's traditions in families and you know the traditional sitting down to dinner or when you're sick you have well I mean the the classic uh, Jewish chicken chicken soup soup. (laughs) is is a real symbol of care and affection and love Um, and on a bigger level as kind of going outside the circles is again there's you know there are foods of countries of nations of of faiths and I think it's really important that we don't lose that or don't kind of forget that food is this hugely important thing that we have a relationship with definitely um so that's that's really lovely from my perspective to hear hear you say that I think that's pretty much all I have to ask you thank you again so much for inviting me into your house my pleasure Um, actually on that note yes um how from an outside perspective is it okay if kind of people just want to ask questions about Jewish culture, Jewish tradition? Yes. Are people, would it be, you know, because I, I think, and one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast is that people get worried about asking certain questions, showing their ignorance or their naivety or, or of offence, you know, to totally. ask questions about traditions or, no, or I habits. I think the more questions, the better. I think the more we all talk about what we all do, all different traditions and um, the way we, we live our lives, the better, because then we can share the experience, but also understand how other people live. Definitely not offensive. I think it, it's it's almost flattering for people to be interested. Thank you. So I hope all listeners are reassured that it's okay to ask questions. And would it be okay if I get any extra questions to kind of slide them your way if people... Absolutely. No problem at Fantastic. all. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Victoria and my very first podcast. You can find links to her recipe under the podcast tab of my website, which is KimberlyWilson.co. And that's Kimberly with an L-E-Y. As I mentioned before, this podcast is a little bit of an experiment. So I'll be playing around with a few different formats. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. And if you have any recommendations for people I should talk to about their food stories. You can find me all over the place on instagram twitter and facebook at food and psych so that's f-o-o-d-a-n-d-p-s-y-c-h and until next time thank you so much for listening and i wish you the very best of health ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.